0: Uh, now for a bible reading um the reading will be on the screens i think is from 1 corinthians chapter 15 verses 20 to 28 but in fact christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have died for since death came through a human being the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being for as all Die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For... God has put all things in subjection under his feet, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that this does not include the one who put all things in subjection under him. For when all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who put all things in subjection under him, so that God may be all in all. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah! Glory! (laughs) Reverend James Castle, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> thank you, subjection, subjection, subjection. <laughs> yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. We love you, Jesus, so much. And we pray that my words would be forgotten, but that your words would just hit our hearts right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, today is a day of such utter joy. We're celebrating so much, but I want to ask you a serious question for a moment. We're going to get to joy, but I want to ask you a serious question. The question is, if you were to die tomorrow, are you ready? If you were to die tomorrow, are you ready? It's not a question we bump into very often in our culture because we tend to prolong life uh, as best we can. Everyone's getting older. We don't talk about it. If you travel to other nations, other cultures, it's much more part of their every day. But for us here in England... The two sure things in life, aren't there? Death and... Yeah. Texas. Is what someone once said. And so my question is, for one of those two things that you can't slide out of, if you were to die tomorrow, are you ready? Because for probably about 60 or 70 years, we've lived as a culture in such safety and peace with occasional tragedy hitting the occasional family. But over the last couple of years, death has got closer to us, hasn't it? Over 150,000 who hadn't planned in this two-year period on their earthly lives being ended. And yet it has, through COVID. And in an extraordinary and heartbreaking alignment of timing, on the day after the government announced that restrictions would be ending, Russia invaded Ukraine. We didn't even get a chance to celebrate... And we're plunged into another crisis at the heart of which is more death. And you see pictures from the streets of Ukraine of either the blood-stained pavement where bodies have been removed, or even the pictures of the bodies themselves. I'm not sure any of them in early February imagined where they would be. This is not that far away. Doctors, librarians, nurses, musicians, caught up in this thing. And so my question is, are we ready? Because at the heart of what we're celebrating today, is the most magnificent exchange. The exchange of death for life. I'm going to read through a few verses in the Bible now. And I'm reading it from 1 Corinthians, which is one of the earliest New Testament writings. Most of the people who heard this letter for the first time would have literally walked with Jesus. We're alive when Jesus was alive. And just a few short decades afterwards, the Apostle Paul wrote this at the end of this letter. He said, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And Before we look at him being raised, let's just drink in for a minute that he actually died. I've come close a couple of times in my life to actually dying. It didn't actually happen to me, but it did to him. Can you imagine the motivation of love in his heart to have actually died for this? You know, we have our moments of nobility as humanity, But we career from famine to war to broken relationship to this to that. And for this, Jesus died. Undeserving, guiltless, blameless before God. He died. As God for us. As we've just been singing. For the cleansing and forgiveness that he offers to us. And that's Good Friday. With that in mind, we get to Easter Sunday. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Now, all of the theories that would lead away from the resurrection of Jesus really amount to nothing. Was he in a swoon or did he faint and he wasn't really dead? Well, they pierced his side and blood and water poured out which is which is a sure medical sign that a physical body has actually perished or did they just steal the body away and create a conspiracy that they could perpetuate that nobody could get to the bottom of well think about this for a minute he was sealed in a tomb with a massive stone and you can go online and research it all that would have taken multiple strong people like Rhys, who are about eight foot tall, strong men to move, and that tomb was guarded by Roman soldiers. So how they did that, without anybody noticing, without the soldiers who would have been killed themselves if they hadn't fulfilled their assignment, without them noticing, just seems impossible. Then if this body was removed and it was just a, a kind of ruse to motivate the zealots following this man Jesus around, why on earth would they time and again lay their lives down for something which wasn't true? They didn't gain power. All the followers of Jesus were killed themselves. Flogged, stoned. Can you imagine being stoned to death? Jesus' closest ones were crucified upside down. They didn't gain from this. It wasn't, a, a, you know, something that would bring them glory and honor. They died in ridicule and abandonment. But they died faithful to him because they knew that he was worth dying for. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. There's no other explanation this isn't just a comparable philosophy or similar religion to the others. It's utterly different. In no other religion does God himself take on human flesh, die, and come back to life. It just hasn't ha- ever happened and never will happen again. That's not to do down everybody else. It's just to say the simple facts at the heart of the Easter story. In fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who died. Now, we do have one or two farmers in our midst, and they would tell you when in the early harvest, they will take the first fruits of the produce, and they will sample it, and it will show them exactly what the full harvest will be like. That's the first fruits of the harvest. And, and the Apostle Paul says it's here. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of the of those who died. He is the sample which shows what everything else will be like. So what that tells us is that he's been raised first, and whatever's coming next, or whoever's part of his full harvest, will also be raised from the dead in the same way. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. What does that mean? Death was never meant to be a part of human existence. The very first humans didn't know death. They were meant to live in a created earth with God forever. But when they turned away from God, something happened to them. Now, if God is real and he created everything then by his very nature, life comes from him. So when you turn away from him, the source of life, what do you get? You get death. as the natural outworking of what the church has called sin. Just living apart from God in contravention of what he desires and his holy law. And the result of sin, the wages that you get given to you as a result of sinning, is death. So, death came through the first human beings, Adam, who we'll meet in a minute, and Eve. And they represent and they're like each one of us who walk apart from God and turn to our own ways. And so, God sent one like Adam, a second one. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. Verse 22, for as all die in Adam, he's like every single one of us, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, the sample, the first one through, then at his coming, those who belong Christ so what's going on Christ as in Jesus has been resurrected stayed on the earth for almost eight weeks after his resurrection revealed himself to over 500 people who are willing to put their lives on the line to testify to it then he ascended into heaven and the promise is that he will return one day a time of which nobody knows How do we know that's true? Well, all of this hangs on the resurrection. Because if he has been raised from the dead, we we need to probably believe it all. And what he says is he's coming, he's returning to the earth. And what will happen then? Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ will be resurrected physically in their bodies. So when Jesus returns to the earth, what he's promised is that the full harvest will then, be, will then be gathered in, will then be tasted. And what that means is everyone who belongs to Jesus Christ will be raised from the dead to resurrection life, a life that will never end, eternal life. So are you ready to die? I don't know. But please don't be unaware of what that means. The Bible says we will fall asleep, but when Jesus returns, we will be resurrected and receive eternal life forever and ever and ever as God's gracious free gift to anybody who would receive it, to those who belong to Christ. And then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. You see, when Jesus comes back, those who belong to him will be resurrected. And then what he will set about doing is putting an end to every destructive force every grain of evil that exists in the world, every spiritual power of darkness and destruction that mars and twists human existence, Jesus will fully and finally say, no more. It was never meant to be here. We invited it in, but no more. And that really helps us in the times that we're living through. Because we think, you know, sometimes think, God, how can you allow, you know, an invasion? Or how can you allow the brokenness in the world? How can you allow the abandonment of a family? How can you allow this or allow that or allow this? Well, God has to allow it because He, he gives us our gift of freedom. But there will come a day where all of that is accounted for. And that brings us comfort because it, it there does have to be an accounting for it, doesn't it? Otherwise, it's just unjust and unfair. And you think all all of the atrocities being committed, they will be accounted for at some point. And there'll come a day where never again will that kind of stuff be allowed to happen. And what's going to happen then is death, destruction, all the dark forces will be put away forever. And from that point on, there will be no mourning, no crying anymore, no pain. Because God will have made all things new. The source of life will dwell on earth as it was always meant to be with those who belong to Christ forever and ever. We won't even need the sun anymore because God's presence will light the whole earth up with his glorious nature and he will be our light and we'll live with him forever. Now we love the signs of the kingdom that we see because Jesus is at work amongst us already bringing signs of that future healings deliverances salvation signs of his kingdom every time someone forgives somebody and demonstrates the power of God's love it's a taste of the future breaking in but there's one day where that future will be here and that brings us such great hope as we live through these times. And if I died tomorrow, it actually wouldn't matter whether I've been significant or whether I've been a complete failure. Because in the grand scheme of things, our lives are here just for a moment. But God is. God was. And God is to come. And all that which is lost in a moment will be made new and we're raised with him forever and ever and ever. Now my question to you is, are you ready to die? Now I'm not being morbid, but a lot of people weren't expecting the reality of that question to be upon them in our world today, and it's here. And if we are, and we don't die. There is a spiritual death that happens when we give our lives to Jesus. The same Apostle Paul who wrote these words in 1 Corinthians said in Philippians, he said, For me to live is Christ. No more my own stuff. For me to live is Jesus, 100%. Not 75, definitely not 25, 100%. And if I die, it's gain. Because I know that I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever. So whether you're ready or not, I don't want you to be unaware of what is the heart of this story. This is why we have joy. Because death is real, but it's lost its sting. It's lost its deep sorrow for us. And when we lose people, we, we miss them but when they belong to Christ, we know that it's not dark sorrow because death has been overcome by the resurrected Jesus who thought we were worth laying his life down to win us back to the Father, his Father, forever and ever and ever. So my question is, finally, not are you ready But do you belong to Christ? He gives us a choice. And it's not just a kind of free for all. He wouldn't be God if he just didn't care. But he says, you've got to make a choice. Will you acknowledge and accept me as God? Or will you not? And he gives every one of us that choice. And it's a day full of joy, but I want to give you that choice today. Because I couldn't bear to spend a night in my bed knowing that you hadn't had a chance to come and belong to Jesus forever and ever. I couldn't bear you not having had the chance to meet him. And what that means is that in a few moments I'm going to invite you if you'd like to belong to Jesus then you need to accept who he is as God's son as your saviour as your king as your Lord and it will cost you your lifestyle and preferences no human being will you know, make those claims on you, but Jesus will, because he'll say, if you are acknowledging me as king, then the kindest thing I could want for you is to live my way. That means giving ourselves completely to him. But what we get is joy eternal. You know, I, I accepted Jesus when I was 15 years old. I I would say it has cost me everything. But but because I get him, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. he take all the money in the world, take all the big houses in the world, Or whatever. Because I wouldn't trade knowing him for anything else. So if you would like to accept Jesus, in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you to open your heart to him. You can feel him, he's amongst us already. But for you personally, I'm going to invite you to open your heart and to let him in. If you've never done that before, or if you know you need to just put some stuff right, maybe we all need to put some stuff right. But particularly if you just need, you need to say, I need a fresh start. With you, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to stand, not to embarrass you. But hey, if we can't stand in front of a bunch of people who are as bonkers as this lot, when the when a moment comes to trade it all for the things of this world rather than keeping him front and center. I want you to be able to stand to start practicing not being worried about what people think but being most concerned about what he thinks. and Walking your life in front of him from here on in. We might live in the world but the focus of who we are is focused on the Lord Jesus and following after him with all we have. So Lord, I pray if there's people here who need to put things right and to live for you, Holy Spirit, would you stir their hearts right now? In Jesus' name, amen. So if that's you, would you just stand where you are now? gonna let Jesus in just stand where you are sense your heart's beating fast right now you want to just stand stand for him stand for jesus wait just a few more a few more moments I think there's some more here don't waste your life waste it on stuff which is impermanent not eternal not real fresh start Jesus at the center stand now love to do is uh, just ask maybe a couple of people, making sure one is of the same uh, sex, to just go and stand with those who are standing. People not who they've come with. I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. And we're going to pray together in a moment. but just ask them just ask them, why, why are you standing?" And then we're going to pray in a moment. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer now. I just want to honor those who've stood. You stood in the presence of God, in the assembly of his saints. And I want to honor you for your courage and openness to him today. I'm going to lead us in prayer line by line. Just repeat it after me. And let's mean it from the heart. Why don't we all repeat this and use this as, a, as an opportunity to pray seriously before the Lord today. Lord Jesus, just repeat after me, Lord Jesus thank you for coming to this world thank you for dying on a cross to forgive our sins to restore our lives and to reconnect us to your heavenly father I'm sorry for the times in my life where I have not put you first Where I have not recognized you as my Lord. Please forgive me. And wash me clean. From the inside out. Thank you that you do. I receive you now. Thank you that you rose again. That you overcame death. Thank you that you are eternal. And you offer eternal life. A free gift of salvation. I receive that gift now. Make me born again from the inside out. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, to fill me, to clean me, to give me power to love Jesus all the rest of my days. I pray this And I mean it. In your name. Amen.